Welcome to the MPYA podcast. MPYA is a gathering designed specifically for young adults. In this podcast, you'll hear messages from our gatherings as well as conversations that we hope will help you navigate these defining years of your life. We hope you'll join us as we explore practical ways we can follow Jesus in our everyday lives. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at North Point Young Adults and subscribe to the podcast if you like what you hear. But with that in mind, let's jump into this week's episode. Okay. Hello, everyone. Not our fault. Hi. So pumped to be back. Hello. We had a short teaching text tonight. It It was was real short. It was quick. It was short. Usually Um, it's like the entire screen and we have like 15 minutes to get up there. Yeah, we should just get up there. Um, Man, so excited to be back. Uh, It's going to be an amazing night. Allie and I are back together again, doing it again. This chair is too far away. Oh, get it right. Get it right. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're talking about dating once again. Uh, we're in part three of a series called Asking for a Friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so last time we spent a little time talking about who to date. Uh, we, and if you were here, you heard it. We talked a little bit about soulmates. We talked a little bit about Hinge, some dating we apps. Did. It got kind of crazy. Did. We did do uh, that. If you missed it, you should definitely go check it we out. We covered uh, a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah, covered a lot of ground. Come find me. We'd love to get that to you. Uh, we're going to start a podcast soon. Throw it up there. We would love to Whoa. have you listen to it there potentially. Subscribe. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, but we, <laughs> we did all of that to talk about four qualities that you should look for in someone when you're dating. And uh, we just felt like we couldn't cover it all in one talk. That was kind of who to date. But now we needed to, need to address how today. Mm. That's kind of the next step. After you figure out who today, you got to figure out how today. And this is a topic that my friends and I would talk about all the time. We were like, okay, I got the girl. I got the date. And then we get back and we start talking to each other and we're like, okay, now what? <laughs> like I got the girl, but I'm kind of freaked out uh, that I'm going to get this wrong, that I'm going to mess something up, that it's not going to go right. And so a question we would often ask each other is, what's your go-to first date? Mm. So if you get the date, what's your go-to? I mean, what is it for y'all? Like some people are like, I'm going all out. Like I'm balling. Like I'm going to show this girl how important she is wow. to me. We're going all in. <laughs> Anybody, any of those people in the crowd? Emmett, my guy. Emmett. Give it up for Emmett. Hey, hey ladies, he's, he's single, okay? Uh, all out. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe you ball out. Maybe it's um, going to grab coffee and it's like, okay, I want to talk, but uh, I want to be able to kind of leave whenever I want to, you know? Or maybe it's... Uh, yeah going to a Braves game or a concert. And it's like, okay, I want to talk to him, but I don't want to have to fill all of the space with words. You know, I got something to watch. Um, or maybe it's one of my favorites is like kind of going to the square or like going on a hike. It's like, we can just go on a walk. We can talk to each other. And then once it's kind of over, we're back home and you know, we're done. It's great. Uh, you get a real feel for it. Uh, I remember mine and Ali's first date was uh, to Avalon. We just kind of went to the Apple store. That was, it was not great. our first date. It was. It wasn't. Yeah. We, it wasn't. No, it was. And we, no. we it, I mean, it was the first time. <laughs> it was not. It was the first time we kind of hung out one-on-one. I bought her an iPhone. He didn't, no, I bought I paid for everything. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I asked him if he would go to the Apple store with me because I get anxiety talking to the people at the Apple store and I needed somebody to like. Tell me, I, I needed a, someone Whatever. in the middle. It was not at that a date. point in our relationship, I was, yeah. I, if, it was, if it was one on one, it was a date. That's where I was at. Uh, so I felt great about it. Uh, but this just makes my point pretty clear uh, that dating is complicated. We try to figure out what is a date. Is it, it just being on a one on one walk, or is it going actually going to a movie? Is it he has to pay for the meal? Like we're trying to figure out how to date, and it's complicated. It's confusing. And so today we want to move forward, we want to take this next step and say, ask this question, 
Okay, I got the date. Now what? what now what, what do, do I do? do? And as we get started, I just kind of want to kick that can over to <laughs> Allie because I feel like she's got some good thoughts on wow. that. So. Um, well, we're excited to be back. This is really fun to get to do together, and it's really fun talking to all of you. So we're pumped to be here. Um, we got a date, now what? I think, like Clay said, this is really complicated because like we kind of talked about last time, dating has really changed and the culture of dating has really, really changed. And so it feels like there's a right answer or a wrong answer and, and it's pretty, pretty complicated. And last time we talked a lot about um, looking for a forever person. I think a lot of us, we say that we want a forever relationship. We say that we want to end up in a healthy, happy marriage someday. But because of our insecurities, because of what we end up picking right now people and we end up making choices that lead us to right now relationships. And so we're going to kind of continue that conversation tonight of how to date in a way that actually leads to forever instead of dating in a way that's just for right now. Mm. Um, and like we said um, a little bit before this, there's a passage of scripture that uh, my parents paid us to memorize scripture when we were little. Anybody else? Just my parents? It's pretty one. awesome. Yeah, my great. parents just threw a disc on called Scripture Rock. Anybody listen to this? No. Okay, it was just me. But I, yeah. Yeah, yeah don't. It's okay. Trust in no, the Lord. No, don't give it away. Okay. Um, I can sing it all. The it's, scripture it's that I'm sure some of us have memorized, maybe your parents paid you to memorize it, maybe you have a fun song, yeah. um, is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Um, and just having that in my mind for my entire life um, was a really guiding, like a guiding light in my life, specifically when it came to dating and relationships of trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does it look like to trust God in this area of your life? But a couple of years ago, my friend um, gave a message on this exact passage, and it kind of changed the way I thought about it, because trust in the Lord with all your heart, we get it. Trust in the Lord with everything, right? Trust God with your life. Trust God, you know, we kind of know it. But uh, my friend said, okay, but what would it look like to, to actually trust God with your heart? Like when it comes to relationships, when it comes to dating, when it comes to what you want for your future and your desires, can you actually trust God with your heart? Can you say, hey, God, I actually want what you want for my heart more than I want what I want for my heart? Um, and so we're going to give you four things, kind of like we did last time, four things, four ways that we can trust God with our heart. But I want to warn you, they're difficult. That's right. <laughs> they, they're things that if you were just dating for right now or if you're just dating today, you probably wouldn't do any of these things because they're difficult. But ultimately, we believe, and we believe that Scripture um, teaches that doing these difficult things is how you trust God in your relationships, and it's ultimately how we get the relationship that we ultimately want. That's right. So, Clay, yeah. you want to kick us off? And luckily for all of you, one? we did this thing where they all start with the letter C. We did. So you can it's going to be so them. easy to remember. So but you easy. can definitely take notes if you want to. Sure. Um, but yeah, <laughs> let's get into it. The first way that you should date is with clarity. So if you are going to date someone well, you have to start with clarity. But clarity, clarity can be... Clarity is kind. Clarity is kind. That's We've such a good word. Laughs, yeah. So I don't know what Original. you're going through, but I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> clarity can be tough. It's difficult. Uh, to go up to someone and say what you're actually thinking, to be honest, to be vulnerable. That puts you in a vulnerable spot. You risk getting turned down. You risk looking stupid. You risk saying something wrong. Uh, I think about that scene from Elf. Any Elf fans? 
Yeah, it's not. Everyone has yeah. to be. I was hoping right? everyone in here would have seen it, but I, I, I wasn't banking on it they after last time. They love to not respond to when you ask. This right thing. after last time when I did the investing thing, I'm, I'm not so sure everyone in here would know. Um, mm. So, yeah, in Elf, I remember uh, that scene where. Buddy wants to ask out Jovi. So Will Ferrell's asking out Zoe de Chanel. Of and he's like, okay, I like the girl. I like the way she looks. Uh, he starts getting into it and he's like, my tongue swells up when I see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel warm inside. And it's like, okay. Write that down. Yeah, write that down. That's a, good, that's a good line. And so he goes to his brother, his little brother for advice naturally. And he's like, okay, help me out. What do I do? How do I take the next step? I know who. Now I got to go to how. And I don't think we're sure exactly what he said to him. Um, but we know that we see the scene where Buddy is then like, uh, do you want to go eat food? You know, the code, food. And then he kind of like winks at her. And you're like, I'm cringing right now. This is hard to watch. Like, I, I know it works out for him. But at the same time, you're like, this is tough. I do not want to be that guy. It's, she's probably so confused. Also, there's a random big elf standing there asking her out on a date. But it's confusing. Like, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to say it wrong. You don't want to look stupid. So you want to be clear. And I think what often happens because we fear that situation is we just kind of don't do it. We just kind of like to bide our time in the friend zone. We're just going to say, oh, let's just go hang out. Let's just go kind of chill. Or like we use all this terminology that kind of beats around the bush and doesn't get to the heart of the fact of what we want this to be. And so the first thing that I want to say as, as you're starting to date someone is use the word date. If you are going to ask someone out, say, can I go on a date with you? Or can I take you out on a date. Just be very clear with it. And then this next part, specifically for guys, I want you to plan the date, mm, which is the big thing. That's good. Because if you show up in the car and you're like, I'm going to give you three choices, okay? And you're going to choose those. Or you show up and you're like, I'm just going to let you decide. Like, what are you feeling? If I had been picked up for a date and the guy had been like, what do you want to do? I would have gotten out of the car. Yeah, exactly. I, that's my that's worst making nightmare. my point. I already don't like, like decisions. Any that relationships that awful. I've been in, I if I don't I feel like I've been reprimanded for that one time before, or, or that relationship just ended. It was like, that's I'm what glad happened. I'm that that happened before me. I, I, yeah, I know. I, every be relationship cool. oh before my. you was me learning and preparing for you. That's so great. That's what it was. Boom. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's right. Um, but seriously, plan the date. All that's going to do is begin to help her see that you are confident, that you're decisive, and that you know exactly where y'all are going. And also, it's going to make them feel safe because Mm -hmm. if you give them clarity and if you tell them exactly what's happening, they don't have to worry or question or try to figure out what's going to happen. They just know. So start with the date. Plan the date. That's an important first step. Um, And this is true in everything. We need to be clear in everything. I remember uh, when Allie and I first started to get to know one another, um, there was some confusion at first because we were just friends. We started out as friends. We would talk a lot. We would text a lot. We had fun together. We studied together. Uh, but she was kind of still getting out of this relationship. And so every time I asked her to kind of hang out, because I was bad at this too, um, or do something one-on-one, and I was scared to go all the way and say, will you go on a date with me? Because I was fearful for the same reasons. I didn't know how she was going to respond. And so I just tried to play it cool. And I, I didn't want to go too fast. So um, telling her how I felt was difficult. And I, I didn't want to risk losing my friend. Like, I could talk to her all the time. Like, I didn't want to lose that connection. 
Uh, but I also started to realize that I couldn't keep living this way. All of a sudden, this, I, all this anxiety was starting to build up because I was like, is this actually gonna go anywhere? And I feel like all my guy friends, my community group or the people that I was hanging out with were like, bro, ditch her. She is leading you on like, Rude. yeah. But I felt like, and I was hoping that still for the best because there was just something that we had, this connection. And I was like, I feel like it's gonna work out. But because of my lack of clarity and the fear of saying what I mean and being real with what I say, we kind of didn't get anywhere and I was just starting to feel anxious. And so eventually I had to come to terms with the fact through prayer and seeking God that it was like, I can't keep living this way. This isn't what God wants for me. He wants me to be clear and say what I mean and mean what I say. And so that led me down the road to do a good old fashioned ultimatum. No, I would not recommend. <laughs> not recommend. I texted her that night and I was like, hey, I really like you. I want, I, I want to be more than friends or whatever I said. I don't exactly remember. I, yeah, I want to keep talking to you, but if we're never, if it's not going anywhere, if it's not going to be anything, then I don't think we can talk anymore because my feelings are all up, wrapped up in it. It's so sad. I know. This story it gets, it gets sadder. <laughs> Just wait. It gets sadder. So I text all of this, and I'm like, okay, man, we have this deep connection. This is going to be amazing. I feel like I'm going to win. I'm going to um, win. So I'm like leaning over, checking my phone. You know how it is. Text bubbles, popping up, nothing, going away. I'm picking it back up. I'm like setting it face down so I don't even see if it lights up. Pick it back up, and finally she texts back, and she's like, okay, I guess we can't talk anymore. Guess we can't be friends. And Sad. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like in shock. And so we just kind of moved on from there. A week goes by. I'm kind of getting past it. Um, I'm not doing anything crazy like deleting photos or anything that we had done together or whatever. It wasn't a breakup or anything. We didn't really have yeah. any photos together. Well, debatable, so. debatable. Um, okay. <laughs> so I'm moving past it. And then about a week later, I get a text from her. And I'm like, if this isn't good oh news, boy. I'm going to rage. Because I was like, literally, I don't want to talk unless something changes or something happens. And so it was kind of like bittersweet. I was like, this is either I'm about to rage or this is about to be the best thing ever. And luckily, the, the next day we got coffee and she was like, okay, I think we can be friends and I think we can kind of move forward. Um, maybe there's something there. So there was. it all turned out to be a great thing. And the great part about this story is that we did end up together. Um, I don't think that's going to be true in every scenario, but I would just put out there that sometimes an ultimatum is maybe what needs to happen. Like, Maybe you need to be that clear, that direct, because you don't want to continue living in this anxiety and fear and that it's never, you, that could have gone on for years or like months of me just we like. We could still be there. We that could still be, be in that situation if I hadn't like just been clear and very upfront. So I think just letting God handle the situation, putting it in his hands, I came to the place where I was like, I'm going to trust God with my life. I'm going to trust God with her life with our dating relationship or whatever. If it's nothing, it's going to be okay because I trust God with the outcome of however that's going to go. Um, so I think the reason that we're sometimes unclear is simply out of fear. And I just want to read 2 Timothy 1.7 that ultimately God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So fear ultimately stems from a lack of trust in God. So the fear, the anxiety that's bubbling up because I'm afraid of how people are going to think of me. I'm afraid of how she's going to respond. It's ultimately a lack of trust in God. But over and over again throughout scripture, we, say, we see him say, do not be afraid because he is with us. He is for us and he has our best interest in mind. And this is true in dating, 
just as much as anything else that we face in life that is scary. His plan is far better than anything that we could possibly imagine. So the sooner you gain clarity and the sooner you give clarity to someone else, the better it's all going to be. Because also, that's just the loving thing to do. If we know that they need clarity, then we should give them clarity to move forward. Um, But that doesn't mean it's always not going to be hard. Uh, It means confessing how we feel, being real, being honest, being vulnerable. It's not playing games. Um, People want clarity. And if Christians are seeking to give to live in a godly way, then you're gonna give people clarity because 1 Corinthians 14, 33, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So if we are to become more like God, if we are trying to be more Christ-like as Christians, then we are going to try to remove confusion from people's lives. And we're gonna do that by giving them clarity. So in our dating lives, let's be people who date with clarity. That's the first C. That's great. That was a roller coaster to relive. It was, yeah, I know. Wow. Um, the second point is also starts with a C. It's date within the context of community. Um, I think that culture really romanticizes this idea of like, it's you and me against the world. Like we, nobody approves of our love and like your dad doesn't like me, but like that makes it better. You know, like <laughs> movies and songs. Makes me want to do it more. Yeah. Like, yeah. Woohoo. They're like every other country song is like literally about this. Like, it's okay. Our love will power us forever. I was the opposite. If my mom didn't like someone, That's I was so out. That's true. That's great. Yeah. Healthy. Yeah. Um, Community. Your mom is She's your number community. One. That's right. <laughs> I love that. Um, so culture really like <laughs> romanticizes this idea of like you and me against the world. Like it does. They don't. They don't know you like I know you. You know. And um, I really think if you follow that reasoning like down the line, it kind of gets a little depressing. Like if you if you end up if you get married to a person that you know nobody likes, but you're like whatever. Then imagine your wedding. You're standing there in front of all these people who are like kind of mad to be there and like aren't for you. And that makes me feel personally very sad. And then ultimately throughout your life, you you don't have a community. You know, it's awkward with your family. Like if you follow that logic down the line, it doesn't really end in a place that I think any of us want to be. And so that's why I think um, dating within the context of community is really, really important. Number one, because when you first start dating, you have the rose-colored glasses, like all the feelings, all the chemicals going off. You could miss some really big red flags. I think we all probably can relate to missing some red flags because of your feelings. But if you allow other people who aren't feeling all those feelings in, they can be like, hey, man, have you thought about this? Hey, you know, did you see that? I, I'm seeing some things that maybe you're not seeing. Um, Proverbs 12:15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. We need to bring people into our dating process in order for us to get some logical, helpful advice. Um, because like I said, you don't want to end up with someone that you realize nobody else likes or maybe miss some really, really, really big red flags that once it's too late, you discover. And so that's why bringing other people into your relationship is really important. And if you're feeling that tension, if you're feeling anxiety about hanging out with your group of friends with that person, that might be a little red flag. Or if you get really nervous about the idea of taking your significant other on a family vacation and you're like, I really don't want to do that, maybe that's something to consider. Maybe you're dating in isolation and you're missing out on some helpful advice. Um, There's two steps here that I've kind of 
come up with, they both start with an E because we're just doing the letter thing tonight. I think we've really crushed that. Um, It's experience and examine. Um, You need to bring your significant other around and other people need to have experiences with them. They need to spend time with them. They need to see them on their good days. They need to see them on their bad days. They need to have experience so that they can help you go in the right direction. But also, I think that you need to give people in your life permission to examine and tell you what they think. I know for me, if I have a friend, it's hard for me to like go to them and bring it up and be like, hey, that guy you're dating is kind of the worst. Like, so sorry. Like, I don't really, I feel like I need people to be like, hey, will you hang out with us? Will you tell me, will you be honest with me? And then I'm able to kind of be a little bit more honest because I was invited into that process. And so if you're in a relationship right now or want to be in a relationship or whatever it is, and you've never given anyone permission to speak in to the relationship, what they're seeing, I would push you to do that. Not everyone, not everyone gets a say, but people that you know, people that you trust, maybe your parents, maybe your siblings, maybe a best friend, I think it's really important to invite them into the process of your dating relationship because honestly, they're just gonna see things that you're not necessarily going to see. And I promise you want to because ultimately, if you follow that logic down the line of like, okay, I'm dating someone, and I know that everyone in my life likes this person. I know my parents are excited. You get to stand in front of your community on your wedding day and know that people are so for you and so excited for you. And then ultimately, you'll have a marriage that's surrounded by people who want the best for you and who are excited about y'all's relationship. And I just think that that's really important. But it takes trust in God. Because if you really like someone and you're like, okay, I'm going to give my mom permission to speak into this relationship and your mom's like, eh, that's going to be really hard. Then you have, I'm not saying that that needs to be the end, but then you have to know that and you have to figure out how to move forward or maybe not to move forward at all. And so it takes trust in God, but it also takes trust in your community to know that they're going to lead you in the right direction. So Dating within the context of community is pretty hard. We had it pretty easy because we had a really large group of friends um, that we, like we said, we were friends. So people were pretty excited, but it's hard, it's hard, it's hard to take the, the relationship and ask people to kind of pick it apart and look at all the red flags. So that's my second one, dating within the context of community. It's true, it's true. But that's good. Important. <clears throat> so important. Yeah, so let's move to number three, the next C is control. And by control, I mean self-control, which this is where I become the most unpopular person in the room. Everybody buckle your seatbelt. Because (laughs) nobody likes hearing the word no. And self-control is literally telling yourself no. Like it's like, no, you can't do that. You're not going to do that. And so when it comes to our dating lives, we need self-control. Sexual temptation may be the strongest temptation that we experience in our lives. It's why Paul, the Apostle Paul, literally writes and tells us to flee from it, to literally run in the opposite direction. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. He says, flee from it, because if you don't, you're going to feel it on a deeply personal level. It's not just going to impact someone else or something else. It's going to impact you your insides, your body, your inner life, your heart, your soul, your mind. It it impacts you on a deep level. 
And as much as culture would have us believe that that's not true, that, it's, that sex is meaningless, that it's something that you can just kind of compartmentalize and like set aside from the rest of your relationship, it's not true. It, it's, Paul tells us that it, it does mean something, that is, it means something deeply within your personal life, and we can't strip it away. God's word says something completely different. And so when I'm comparing between what culture says and what God says, the God of the universe, I'm going to take what he says over culture and the God who made sex. And so I want to hear what he has to say about it, not what culture has to say about it. And so what God says is it's designed to connect you with another person. It's to unite you as one body and also to make babies. Like that's a side note. Sex is supposed to consummate a marriage. It's not supposed to initiate a relationship. It's supposed to be the thing that after you've gotten married, it consummates it. It ends it. It, now you are one, you are united. It's not something that you start with. It's not an initiation. That's not how God designed it to be. And this temptation or desire for sex, it's actually supposed to propel us toward marriage. Like it's there because we feel this temptation and this urge to do it. And so what that's supposed to do is say, hey, propel you to get married. It's like, I'm fine with it. God made it. He, he wants us to have it. But he's saying you've got to commit before you do. You don't just get the benefits without the commitment. So it, it's a thing that comes with marriage. I, uh, it's why uh, people in Christian colleges always are getting married at like 18 because they're believing this stuff and they're like, I, I need to get married before I participate. And um, so if you want to have sex that bad and you can't control your temptation, then do something about it. Um, and I'm not just advocating marry anybody, like just do it so that you can have sex. No, we talked about who you should look for last time, but at the same time, you need to understand that you need to commit before you just go for it. People today want to experience everything before marriage and make sure they have that love feeling um, connection, but that's not what keeps you together. Ultimately, love is an action verb. We learn to love somebody. We love them as we get to know them. So don't try to get the benefits without the commitment. The Apostle Paul tells us this as well. 1 Corinthians 7, 8 through 9. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, then they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So if you can't control yourself, then do the dang thing and commit. Like, go find someone to get married to. Don't just keep hopping around. Stop messing around. Or ask for help. Maybe you keep getting beat by temptation because you're not, your relationship with God is out of whack. Maybe you haven't gotten your relationship right with him. You're making more time for dating apps and not enough time for your relationship with God and talking to him because he wants to help you. Again, Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So at the end of the day, God will help you beat it. You don't have to give into the temptation. And let me say this too, saying no to the temptation isn't repressing a desire or a feeling or keeping something pent up that just has to come out like the world, again, or culture wants us to believe. No, giving into all the sexual temptations and feelings are not what is going to bring you true happiness. The truth is that for true happiness, you're actually going to need a lot of self-control. I love the way C.S. Lewis said this, surrender to all our desires obviously leads to impotence, disease, jealousies, lies, concealment, and everything in the reverse of health, good humor, and frankness. So surrender to all our desires leads to all this bad stuff. For any happiness, 
quite a lot of restraint is going to be necessary. So he's saying it's a paradox. We think that happiness comes through complete freedom to do whatever you want. Go fulfill your desires. Go do whatever you want. You, you can just have fun. But he's saying that happiness actually comes through self-control. And I think as I was thinking about this, I know that's true. Because if you follow that down the line and you think about who you're going to end up with one day, or maybe you're dating someone or you're married to someone, and you think about it and you're like, okay, if that is true, then the person I'm with eventually could see someone walking down the road or the sidewalk and think, okay, I think she's super hot. I'm feeling that. I'm going to go pursue that and then have sexual relations with her or whatever. But you are not going to be okay with that. Like you are expecting that other person to have self-control. And so at the end of the day, when we're in these dating relationships, when we're single, we need to be working on our self-control right now. Don't marry someone that doesn't have any self-control because at the end of the day, it's immature if you don't have self-control. Kids don't have self-control. They just want to go for anything. Adults, people who are mature have self-control. They can tell themselves no. Uh, this is why a conversation about boundaries is so important. And I may, as I'm talking, maybe you're like, okay, you're making this sound super easy. I am not trying to say that. It's not. But just because it's not easy doesn't mean that you just give in over and over again. Like we're talking about this whole topic is, it's hard. The things, if you want a great dating relationship, if you want a great marriage, you have to do hard things. It doesn't just come easy. Like you have to be willing to take these steps. And so, and I think another way to go about it is to ask for help. Uh, C.S. Lewis again continues. He says, you must ask for God's help. It's not an option. You must ask for God's help or you probably are going to fall into that temptation over and over again. He says, after each failure, ask forgiveness. Pick yourself up and try again. He says, virtue, even attempted virtue brings light. Indulgence brings fog. So he's saying, ask God to help you. Even if you fail, keep trying, get back up. Don't just give in and keep sinning over and over again. Don't let one instance force you into believing that that is just who you are. Mm -hmm. That all of a sudden your identity has shifted because you made one mistake or you sinned one time. He's saying, dust yourself off, get back up, ask for forgiveness and keep moving forward. And again, yeah, I'm not here to shame you because I know not everyone in here has been perfect. My point is not that because you've completely messed up or you failed that you are just unredeemable or whatever. Um, there's so much grace for that. And that's ultimately the gospel is that Jesus came to save you even despite all of that. God knows our situation. But what he's saying is that what matters is the sincerity and the perseverance of our will to overcome them. He's saying, we're not just going to sit in it. We're not just going to keep behaving that way. No, Jesus has come and he has changed us. And so if we are changed, if we have the Holy Spirit living in us, all of a sudden we actually have self-control because Galatians tells us that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. I read it in 2 Timothy. If the Spirit is living inside of you, you have self-control. So you can ask God for help. You have God with you and you can overcome these temptations. You have God in your life. And so get your relationship right with him and then maybe things will begin to change. And so basically you've got two options. You can try to ask for help and get help from God or you can commit and get married which isn't a bad option. Paul actually recommends it if, that, if the temptation is too strong. And these days, there's a lot of temptation. So he says, get married. Um, ultimately, I say all of this because I want you to know what God wants for you. I want you to have the marriage that God wants for you. I want you to have a truly happy marriage, and I don't want you to experience divorce or anything like that. So uh, I know it's hard to wait and exercise self-control, but in the end, it's going to be so worth it, and I want that for you so badly. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, self-control, that's C. It was long-winded, I'm sorry, uh, but I had to get all that out there. No, and, and I do want to add to that too. 
This conversation can be difficult. This conversation can induce shame. This conversation can <clears throat> induce guilt, and that's not our heart for you. Ultimately, we here at Young Adults love all of you so much, and we want you to have God's best for you. Yep. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter. You might be like, I'm disqualified, whatever. That's not the case. Um, we love you, and we want God's best for you. So just hear our hearts on yep. that. Um, told you to buckle up. Tried to warn you. I did. Um, we're going to move on to the last one, see Curious, okay? Um, Clay and I, when we were dating, there was this Mexican restaurant we would go to, and every time we would go to it, we would end up having, like, a really hard conversation. Um, so, like, the first time we went to, we, like, unloaded all of our dating history on each other, and we were like, sick, that was fun. And then the next time we went, we, like, told each other our biggest regrets. Like, not really on, but it just happened. And so eventually we were like, hey, I need to tell you something. Let's go to that Mexican restaurant and, like, have this hard conversation. It closed, which is the saddest part of this whole day. They put another Mexican restaurant in, and it's terrible. Trash. Can't go. Horrible. Anyway, anyway. So (laughs) this is But that doesn't mean we don't have hard conversations Right, we still do. But when we were dating, it was, like, solely we only had conversations at this Mexican restaurant. And it made it a little bit better, I would say. True. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, but the curiosity, like obviously when you start dating someone, there's first date questions. You're curious. You're like, do you have any pets? Do you have any siblings? What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Like those are all good, but I'm talking about the like month in conversations that I personally think you guys really need to have. Things that need you need to be on the same page about in order to potentially move forward into a marriage. Um, and this is something I feel like is not talked about a ton, um, but I brought some examples of things that like, hey, you want to know this before you get married. You want to know this not necessarily because these things are deal breakers, but they're things that are important <laughs> to know just in the evaluation process Um, evaluating if you want to marry this person. Things like, do you want kids? If so, how many? You know, if you have always dreamed of being a dad and this woman is like, no, I don't want to be a mom, like that's something you need to know the sooner the better. Um, Theological conversations. If you're someone that has strong, strong opinions about some theological issues, I think you need to bring it up. For me personally. Calvinist. Sure. Uh, For me personally, I knew that God was calling me into a life of ministry and God was calling me to speak to people. And so I had to be cool. No, that Clay was chill with me speaking to people because some people aren't. And so that was a conversation that I felt like we needed to have pretty early on. Um, Political conversations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If there is a hot button topic that triggers you or evokes like an intense emotional response that might be political, that's something that you need to find out on the front end. Because I'm not saying it's a deal breaker, I'm not saying it should be a deal breaker, but it's something that you need to know about in your evaluation process. Questions like, what do you do on a daily basis to cultivate your relationship with God? Um, that's a hard question because a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church, whatever. But I think it's important for us to know the actual caliber of the people that we're dating. So asking questions like, what are you reading? What are you learning? What's the last thing God told you? You'll learn so much about a person's faith with hard, important questions like that. Um, And I did this maybe a little bit too early on. I love asking questions hard questions. So Clay and I, maybe third or fourth date, actual date, we had like figured out. There's we were no dating. way it was that soon. 
Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Fifth, sixth. I don't remember. We were climbing a mountain. That's what I remember. We were on a hike. It was a beautiful day. We made it to the top of the mountain. We're sitting on a rock. It's beautiful. The sun is like setting. And I look over at Clay and I go, so Clay, what is your relationship with pornography like? And I ruined the date. I ruined the moment. But I was like, hey, this is something, not saying that this is like a deal breaker, not saying that I'm about to shame you, but this is something that as I evaluate our relationship and evaluate if I want to continue to move forward where you're at, I wanted to know. And did I want to ask? No. That is a weird, uncomfortable question that I would like to just assume the answer to. Um, But I think that this actually takes a lot of trust in God because you might be in a relationship and you're just assuming you know the answer. You're just assuming that they have a really strong walk with God. You're just assuming that they vote for the same person. You're just assuming that they don't struggle with this or they don't have a past here, but you're too afraid to ask. I promise you'll find out. (laughs) I promise you'll find out these things and it might be a little bit later than you would have preferred if you had just been brave and trusted God and asked the really hard questions because ultimately it takes trust, Um, but you know what assumptions do. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Never mind. I don't know. I don't know what assumptions do. Anyway, uh, (laughs) you don't want to make assumptions because I promise, like I said, you're going to find out the answers at some point. So you need to be brave. And it's going to, the things that you care about most, this is a little bit personal to you. So I would say sit down, think through the things that you really want to know, and then be really brave. Maybe go to a Mexican restaurant, make it a thing, you know, but be really, really brave. Um, And I'm going to be honest, we're kind of wrapping up here, but a lot of these conversations, even this conversation, I brought up pornography. Of course I did. Why would I do that? Um, Because I'm sure some of these conversations are making you a little bit uncomfortable. I know that if I was sitting in your seat back at the beginning of our relationship or a little bit before, I would probably be feeling a lot of feelings. Because if I'm being honest... Um, we joke a lot about like our tumultuous beginning, like are we, aren't we, what's going on. I was running from Clay because when I looked at Clay, I didn't think that I was good enough for Clay. There are things that had happened in my past. There are things, thank you, that I was carrying, lies that I was believing about myself that was keep making me keep Clay at arm's distance because I didn't believe that someone like that, if he really knew everything about me, I did not believe that he would still want to be with me. Because there are things, maybe for you, that you're believing that lie that like, hey, if they knew... If they asked me this, I would, maybe I would lie, like, what would we do? There are things that might be holding you back from pursuing the relationship that you want. For things that are holding you back from walking away from hookup culture, because hookup culture is easy. It feels good. You don't have to have those hard conversations. They don't actually have to know you for you to get what you want, because you know that true intimacy is going to hurt. And it's going to cause you to have to put yourself out there. And you really might be believing the lie that you are not good enough and you are disqualified from the type of relationship that you want. And you might be believing the lie that, hey, I'm, so, like, I'm way over here. I'm disqualified from the relationship with God that I want. Like, I don't think that since God knows everything about me, I don't think that even he wants anything to do with me. So why in the world would this type of person that I ultimately want to be with want to have anything to do with someone like me? And guys, I've been there. And I want to tell you that it's a lie. 
There's nothing that you've done that makes you unredeemable to God. And there's nothing that disqualifies you from pursuing Jesus and and pursuing a relationship that is actually going to be a healthy, future, forever relationship. You're not disqualified. You're not. And so tonight, we've thrown a lot at you. This has been a roller coaster. Uh, I know it has been for me. Um, I want everybody to sit for a second because I think every single person in this room can take a step tonight. There's probably a lot of single people. There's probably a lot of people who are in relationships. Maybe some of you are married. But I think that they, every single person in this room can take some sort of step, whether you're in this back and forth talking stage and you either need to give clarity or maybe ask for clarity. Maybe you've been dating in isolation and you've, you, you need to bring somebody in and ask them what they think about your relationship. Maybe you need to set boundaries. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to face yourself and say, hey, the mistakes I've made, they don't define me. And also just because I made them doesn't mean that I have to continue to make them. And it doesn't mean that I'm disqualified from the type of relationship that I want. Maybe you need to start asking harder questions. And maybe you need to confess something. Confess something to God, confess something to a friend, confess something to your significant other. And maybe for some of you, you thought about the question of, okay, if someone were to ask me how I'm daily pursuing God, I do not have a good answer. I don't know. And maybe even further, you would say, if someone asked me, do you even have a relationship with God? You'd be like, I don't, I don't even know. Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. But thinking through the lens of these relationships, you have to get your relationship with your heavenly father right. I love my marriage, but God is more important to me than Clay is. You know, you might love the relationship you're in, but if that person is more important than your relationship with God, or maybe you don't have a relationship with God at all, but you want to have this type of relationship that's built on God and you don't even know what that means, I think you need to take a step. Because ultimately, because of sin, we're separate, we were separated from God. Because of sin, we could not have a relationship with God, but God hated that so much because he loves you and he loves the world that he sent his son that the penalty that you had to pay, Jesus took in your place so that we can be reconciled to God because of his love for us and because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. And so I know know it's weird going in this direction after a relationship talk, I get that, but there was something on my heart as we were preparing that no, we need to give people an opportunity to step into a relationship with God tonight. Because as much as we want a healthy marriage, guys, we need to want God more. And so I want everyone in this room to take a step. I'd love you to close your eyes. I wanna just pray over you. And know that there's going to be some people in the back after this last song that would love to pray with you, that would love to talk to you, 
that there's, we're not gonna judge you. We genuinely so badly want the life for you that Jesus died for you to have. That's why we do this. So God, thank you. First of all, thank you that you show what Christ in the church is like through marriage. You gave us such an incredible gift of having companions on this earth, God. And that's why we want it so bad because we want to be married so bad because ultimately it's a picture of you and the church. And you put that desire in our hearts. And because you put that desire in our hearts, we can trust you with it. So God, I pray over every single person in this room, every single decision that's been made in this room, every single story in this room, every single hope and desire and future in this room, God, that you would have your way in their lives. God, that you would, you would bless the relationships that honor you that you would embolden conversations that need to be had. God, that you would show yourself to the people in this room right now. God, we want you more than we want anything else. And God, I pray that, that, that we would feel that. Even in me right now, God, I pray that I would feel that I want you more than I want anything else. So be the desire of our hearts. Allow us to see you, allow us to follow you. God, we need you. We need you in this area. We need you in our lives. So I just pray that you are everything to us. We love you. We're going to do our very best to trust you. Help us to trust you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.